We want you to become an honorary gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary Goslings at patreon.com forward slash the Goslings and sign up today. And food fatigue is actually deadly. Food fatigue will kill kids and kill seniors. And what it is, is you keep eating the same stuff over and over and over again. Mm, I mean, yeah. you see these little kids in Africa with the big bellies, and they all have food fatigue. And they would almost rather die than, than eat this same UN-sponsored crap Millet. that they've been served, you know, yeah. for years. And yeah, uh, But it'll kill, it'll kill seniors, and it'll kill uh, uh, children. But also it causes, you know, people our age and everything to basically lose our motivation, our, our will yeah. to live. And, and so one of the most important things is you want to have good food. That's something that you can look forward to yeah. so that you can have something positive in your life at that time. And while the rest of the world is going to hell in a handbasket, at least you're getting a good meal of raspberries or, <laughs> or whatever, you know. Your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot-boosted shills and self-appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview, live stream, and podcast. The Goslings, a dark-lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers. A super chat of radical truth-seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end. Ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock. Guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind. And interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to The Goslings. What's up, everyone? I'm hey. Jonathan. I'm Nick. And we are The Goslings. And we have an amazing show for you today that we are super excited about. But first, we wanted to talk about our sponsors real quick. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. First, of course, we got to mention uh, Joel up there at Cherico Pottery. Uh, these are the Kothon Spartan mugs. He is an unofficial sponsor of the show. He sent us these mugs. They are amazing. This is what uh, historians believe is the closest representation of what the Spartan Kothon mug actually looked like, as yeah. advised by... Stephen Pressfield, who Uncle Steve. Joel, yeah, to create these handcrafted every single one of them. Uh, check him out, go to cherokopottery.com. Yeah, uh, he's got a number of different things on here, but he and he, his partnership with Stephen Pressfield is perfect. Stephen Pressfield wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance, yep, he wrote The War of Art, which everybody knows, and yep. then he wrote my personal favorite book, The Gates of Fire, which is about the Battle of Thermopylae. 300, but smart, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome, but so. deep. Yeah, deep. Yeah, right. and, makes uh, you think. Yeah, Steve's awesome. He's a prior service uh, Marine and a psychology degree writer. You know, he's uh, he's genius. And his team up with 
Joel to produce these Spartan mugs was inspired work. It was yeah. absolutely cool. So very cool. And we have like a new a we have a new sponsor, an official sponsor. You That's want right. to tell everybody about that? If you do not feel like a man enough just from holding your Spartan Kothon mug, then you might also want to feel like a man with Jardani Jovanovic hair care products. Uh, we became friends with uh, the owner of this company, uh, Giovanni Giordani Jovanovic is owned and operated by a husband and wife team out of Arizona, and they create an extensive line of hair care products. I have been using the shampoo and conditioner and beard balm and beard oil and hand and face cream for about a week now. We just got these in last Saturday. And uh, I've been using them for about a week and I love them, man. They're great. They smell great. I actually have, I'm not a product guy. Like you can tell by looking at me generally in any of the live streams, but I will tell you like for the first time I've been actually using product mm -hmm. in my hair and like I could tell a difference. Like, if you're going to go out and strike down the darkness, you might as well look good. Look good, baby. Do it in style. Be That's deadly. Right. Be be <laughs> as deadly as you are sexy with Jarvani and Jordani. <laughs> Right. Hair care products. <laughs> so and they're great they're christians um they run a small little business and uh they are super excited to be partnering up with us yeah, and we are, we are very blessed to have them and he sent us all this stuff to try out and uh i've been trying it for a week nick just got it so he's gonna try it for the next week and um yeah we're very blessed and very excited absolutely so, we yeah. really appreciate that jardani jovanovic and uh, before we bring our guest on, which is going to happen in just a second, I just want to remind everybody, if you would, please strike the button. hit the. Oh, and I should mention, too, we're, as you know, we're transitioning over to a new channel. Yes. Right? So if you're watching this on the old Gosling's channel, just click the links. There are links everywhere. You yeah. can't miss the links to the new channel. Go over there. Hit subscribe. We're just going to start moving all of our yeah. content over. And all of our new content moving forward is going to be on that site exclusively. Yeah. So be sure to go over there to the new channel. That'll help us reach more people yeah, um, yeah. but uh, thank you uh, for joining us uh, that's all of the obligatories <laughs> yeah now let's get into the good stuff yeah let's get the, the show stuff, really rolling so this gentleman uh, reached out to me uh, he is a friend of Derek Gilbert's I think he's been on his mm. uh, his name is Raymond Moore yeah and uh, he is the kilted prepper and you wanted to come talk about uh, preparedness Christian preparedness in particular right. And uh, he is a really interesting dude. He's got a degree, a degree, excuse me. He has a background in special ops, I believe, during the Reagan administration. Uh, he, I mean, he grew, his mother was like depression era. Mm -hmm. So he learned to like can and, and preserve, oh, and hydrate cool. and yeah. forage and all those things. So he, that was kind of his childhood. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, later on in life, he survived the H1N1 pandemic in a country that was actually locked down Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, he was, I think he lived as an expat in Costa Rica and Panama oh. for a while. Interesting. Um, he's just, just super guy. Awesome, uh, awesome author. He's written eight books. Uh, he was featured on the History Channel. Uh, preparedness. This guy's bailiwick. Yeah. Is preparedness. If you're a Christian, if you're looking to get into prepping, if you want to understand what realistic, real world prepping is like, you cannot do better than Raymond Moore. Here we go. Bring him on here. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. hey. How are you, sir? Doing awesome, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome, man. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show and for uh, for the interview. We've got a ton of questions, a ton cool. of questions for you. Uh, and uh, before we jump into all that, 
want to do our toast just real yeah, quick. I'll absolutely. let Jonathan lead it this time. Yeah, yeah. Take up uh, your libations here, whatever you're, uh, whatever you're drinking. And um, real quick, Ray, what are you, yeah, what drinking you got over there, there Ray? Uh, this is three ice cubes with Johnny Walker Double Black, which is a very peated, smoky whiskey. Oh, so, nice. yeah, yeah, Double Black, nice. All uh, right. I, I'm a big fan of Lafroig, so yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah, good choice, absolutely. All right, we'll take up uh, your drinks here. And we'll do the toast. Right. Take up the broken sword of your father, and strike we'll down strike the darkness. darkness. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, uh, I liked in your intro, you had a, a little reference to second breakfast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. Yeah, home a, a homage to Lord of the Rings for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wizards, very... trolls and eating them for second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important part of the itinerary every day. A second breakfast. <laughs> Does second breakfast fit into the realistic preppers <laughs> lifestyle or should we just keep it to two or three meals? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how often you like to eat. And then also how much food you may have, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that's why we have Ray on. That's right. Um, Nick, you want to start off uh, with... Nick's got a ton of questions. I have a handful. Um, yeah, I'm going to start off with kind of more of a high-level question. Okay. Just kind of step back. Just more philosophical. Um, you talk a lot. You use the term uh, realistic prepping lifestyle. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what does that mean? In the past, uh, in in fact, in the last, ever since prepping really became popular, when Doomsday Prepper and everything came on and everything, uh, it became you know more mainstream. And what came out of that is all this cool guy stuff. I mean, the these really great switchblades and super cool AR-15s and. You know, just all this junk that is overpriced, doesn't really work, and is just, you know, the common man, it's not affordable to them. And that's the biggest thing is I want to make things affordable to the common man. And because on my on my uh, articles, and website, and YouTube channel and everything, I talk about realistic stuff. And, you know, for example, I love dehydrating. I, I've got an Excalibur dehydrator. And anybody who's been into dehydrating always starts off with these round Ronco things you buy at Walmart. You're going to burn through three of them. And then finally, you're going to get either pissed off and say, screw it and, and not dehydrate anymore. Or you're going to end up going out and buying a, uh, an Excalibur. And whereas if people would just listen to my reviews, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirts and everything. I'm wanting to save people money. And because it's just, especially in these days with the inflation going on and everything, yeah, yep. you know, money's tight. But by, by you know, doing good quality gear and not listening to all the, the, the cool guy crap and, and everything, I mean, you don't have to go out there and um, who's that British guy? I totally forget his name and, and everything. You know, you don't have to go out and buy all his cool gear. Bear Grills. Like Bear Grills, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> good guy and everything. Good stuff. But, you know, you know, improved. you know, but it's it's thinking more realistically. And and so why not just, you know, save the pennies, do a garage sale and go get an Excalibur instead of wasting your time and money where if you, you know, on the three Roncos, you're going to buy anyways and burn out. So I really try to point things out to people, you know, get good quality stuff so that you're only buying at one time. Because if, if the poo hits the fan, 
and you got one of these Roncos, you know, it's going to blow out in the middle of the poo hits the fan. I mean, mm -hmm. it always does. Whereas if you buy quality the first time, bite the bullet yeah. and, and, and things, you know, and this is why I really work hard at, at showing quality. We were talking a little bit about cold steel earlier on, and I love yeah. cold steel. Cold steel is a great company. They, they keep their knives inexpensive, but they're battle ready. They're yeah. tried, true and tested. I mean, one of my EDC knives is, is this my tie light and nice. it's a, it's basically a pocket sword. But this is a great urban carry, and you can use it like a cubaton. You can smash with it. You can you got this little jimping right here, uh -huh. and you can like scratch with it and punch with it. You know, hit with it. You're speaking my love language, Ray. Right? Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is this is 13 inches long. Looks and like so a you can choke up on this puppy. Look at that distance between you and the bad guy. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of distance. And so, yeah. you know, you, if you have to whip this thing out and, and start, you know, hacking and slashing and everything, that distance means a lot. It's a lot better than this distance, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, but it's realistic stuff. And, and a lot of times people get all up into the hype and everything instead of thinking realistically. You know, they, they, they watch all these cool guy YouTube videos and, oh man, I need to get this cool gear and I need to get that cool gear and, you know, spend a bazillion dollars. Whereas if you would just get something simple, you know, for example, I, I, I I'm going to get hate mail for this one. High point <laughs> nine. It is a cheap gun made in America. It's got a lifetime warranty, 150 bucks. And if you don't have a gun at all, go buy a high point. Yeah. You know, you don't need the Colt 45 or the, you know, 1911 or anything like that. Start low, start small, and then build up to it. Then you can go out and, you know, get your Glock and, and everything like that. But at least the key is to defend your home, defend your castle. Right. And, you know, it, it's just people, people, you know, I, I, I like to teach baby steps. Mm -hmm. you know, so have people take baby steps you know start with the high point c9 yeah this is it the greatest no runs out of ammo yeah throw it like a brick yeah know? it is a brick <laughs> there you go yeah. well yeah. i used to tell people that i worked in a couple of gun shops over the course of several years and the buy once cry once thing really does apply to guns mm -hmm. where you know and we would tell people all the time look if if you only have 200 dollars in your budget then yes buy a high point you know if you only have four hundred dollars in your budget buy a shield you know if mm -hmm. you have five six hundred dollars in your budget buy you know buy a glock you don't and i was i was thinking about this on the way um over to run an errand today actually weirdly enough not related to this but just thinking about it like you know you don't have to i'm mean about guns i'm i like have very I, like i'm very unforgiving when it comes to guns because i've seen and used a ton of yeah, them man. And yeah. like, you know, I don't fault anybody for having any gun that they can afford, but in you, and I'm not a snob about guns. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to have, just like you say, you don't have to have an HK MR556, which costs five grand. You know, yeah. you don't have to have, you know, a SCAR 17, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to have an STI staccato, you know, which is a $3,000 pistol. You don't have to have a Zev night Glock 19, which is a $2,000 Gucci Glock, you know? <laughs> You can, you know, you can like have a $500 Glock 19, like I do private armed yeah. security, incognito armed security for stuff. And like my go-to gun is a Glock 19, Gen 3, 
and it cost me like 400 bucks, you know, a few yep. years ago. Who cares? Like it mm -hmm. runs. Spend the money on, you know, something that's a spend the money on something you can afford and don't think that you can't afford a gun if you can't afford a Glock, you know, but <clears throat> spend the money on something that's of good quality. You know, typically, like I cut out the Tauruses from that line just because it's like if you don't if you don't unless that's what you have the money for. But like those Taurus pistols, the semi-automatics, it's like, well, you know, for like 50 bucks more, you could probably get a Smith and Wesson MP series. So it's like, yeah, you know, spend the money on. But like, just like what you say, if you only have 150 bucks, get a high point because it will shoot the bullets and then you can yeah. beat them to death with it if you need to or yeah. build a house with it because it's like a hammer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah. work and with that's, what you got. That's that's what is realistic prepping, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the hype. And yeah. all the cool guy gear and everything. and especially with everything that's going on today, you know, Putin's mouthing off and we got this, <laughs> we got that, you know, what yeah. I mean? uh -huh. we got hyperinflation. I mean, inflation, we got, I mean, food shortages already coming. I mean, a lot of things. So people can get all wrapped up and freaked out and everything and you know, just start charging up the credit cards and going crazy and, and everything like that. And I don't, you know, that's not a good thing. Just take baby steps, take a step yeah. back and really evaluate, do your research. And uh, and then something else, a great a great thing to do is get into these prepper groups on, yeah. on Facebook or some of the other social medias and ask questions. Because, yeah. I mean, preppers want to help preppers. And it's like mm -hmm. I was saying, I, I would rather create an ally than have an enemy. The more preppers I can help create, the better. There's less people I have to shoot. So you know. <laughs> that's right. It's more people that's shooting right. next to you than downrange shooting yeah, exactly. at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, um, you know, I help uh, coordinate classes for a training facility uh, here in Tennessee. And, you know, I, we tell people all the time and we don't hardly make any money off of it it's really about network building and com and communal sort of things yeah but like you know if you have three grand okay you can you can buy a three grand ar and be done or you can buy like a thousand dollar ar and spend you know a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred dollars on ammo and then spend the remaining money on you know either food and toilet paper food toilet paper or a membership to arrange or a you know mm -hmm. series of courses so yep. you can actually know how to use this thing and and it's not even that people don't know how to use stuff like guns because that you can solve with a youtube you know video it's really about you doing it because it's a perishable skill yep. like mm -hmm. with us we take people out and we have them move and shoot Moving and shooting is something you can almost never do at any range ever. You right. stay in your little pin, your yeah. little sheet pin, and you shoot down the thing at the target. And you're just wasting ammo. But it's like that's not real life. Real life is like you're moving. You're getting behind cover. You're in awkward situations, you know. So, yeah, spending the money on something unsexy maybe and uncool and unexciting is like exactly what you need to do. Yeah, but I think race yeah. point two is also having something's better than having nothing oh yeah having absolutely anything is better than having nothing yeah yeah, you know? yeah for sure yeah, yeah. that's realistic prepping you know? yeah yeah well and it uh it was very uh it was thrown into bold relief and became very evident when just like we were talking about before when all, all of a sudden all the tp ran out and all the 
hand sanitizer ran out mm -hmm. and, you know, all the Lysol spray. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, most of those people hadn't used Lysol in, like, 10 years. <laughs> and all of a sudden they have to, or hand sanitizer. Like, I never used hand sanitizer. And I still didn't. But, like, people were like, oh, where's the hand sanitizer? You have to, you know. <laughs> if you had a case of hand sanitizer, you could have, like, sold it for a grand. You know, <laughs> back in those days, yeah. um, I'm uh, Mike uh, or Ray. I'm I'm really curious. Uh, we did have Mike Fisher yeah, actually yeah, so, comment. Yep. Did you say hi to Mike? Okay, cool. Yep. Hey, Mike. Mike is the owner of um, uh, Giordani Jovanovic, so he's he's been like a guardian angel for us in a lot of ways. Um, Ray, I wanted to ask about your prior service. Mm -hmm. I did not know you were prior service. Could you talk about that? Yeah, uh, went into the army and um, work at. Uh, you know, getting getting in army infantry. I, I had a very clear, you know, I didn't join the army at 18. I joined the army at 21. And so I, I did all my research, did all my 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 stuff and then um, didn't let the recruiters take advantage of me. I, I knew exactly what I wanted and when I wanted. I talked to a lot of veterans and all that other stuff and, you know, just really got the square deal and 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 things. So I knew what I wanted, knew what I, I wanted to do. And that was, uh, you know, jump out of planes, eat snakes, and kill monkeys. So, you know. <laughs> you got to kill monkeys? Yeah. I'm well, so excited. Eat, eat, them, eat them, too. Yeah? Oh, okay. Oh. See, I hate yeah. monkeys. So what is that like? What is that like, the eating of a monkey? Is it com comparable to anything? Very stringy and tough. Yeah. I mean, really chewy, tough. I mean, I'm going to use chicken, but they don't really have a chicken taste either. They got kind of a sweet meats. It's kind of... Oh. You're, you do you guys got boar up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild boar, very, very chewy, tough yeah. wild boar, very stringy. I mean, there's not much to it, but you know, <laughs> I, I better than it. snakes. Better than snakes. I actually like snake better. Rattler, Rattler is really good. You know, I had I've a, eaten a lot of. Yeah, I bet I had a marine. Uh, uh counter sniper uh from the first gulf war tell me that like snakes were always preferable to lizards because it, you could never like get the bones out of lizards yeah. but snakes you could get the meat off pretty easily interesting mm -hmm. and yeah and uh, <laughs> i had another i had another friend who uh is from south africa and um he was in the south african military and he said that uh they used to just like walk out into into the jungle or whatever with uh shotguns and tarps uh or ponchos they would wear ponchos go out there with shotguns and uh, they basically go monkey hunting <laughs> and the monkeys and the reason why they Whoa. wore the ponchos was because the monkeys would fire back <laughs> <laughs> so, i'm not joking <laughs> it's so awesome yeah <laughs> so you did this uh i think this was back in the reagan era yeah. when you joined Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, 80, 84, 88, 82, 88. Nice. Yeah. Um, Good uh, budget for you guys back then? Oh, yeah, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, training was was really cool. And it was interesting. One of my uh, old buddies I haven't seen in a long time, but me and him used to talk all the time. And I was and I was about 10 years ahead of him. And, and so uh, we had something called Tire City out at Bragg and and so and then all the you know all the old guys I was considered an old guy by them but all the old guys uh got to go through Tire City and, and what Tire City is is a live firing range where you use live ammo and live grenades and and you go through and clear the whole the whole building and and all this other stuff 
but what was interesting is when he came into group and everything is like, nah, man, they already turned that one off. Too many people were getting killed and, and everything like that. So really, um, yeah. Well, in fact, I've in, in one time entire city, I was, we were doing an op training and, um, the the grenade went the, the guy didn't throw it far enough into the room and so there's no roofs on tire city it's about eight feet tall of tires but you know he he chucked it around the corner but he didn't throw it in the middle of the room that blew up right next to the wall and a bunch of shrapnel came down on top of us and i remember getting but it was all just hot shrapnel it didn't you know nothing yeah. forceful or anything but you know we're all digging out pieces of grenade and you know, our oh, shirts and and everything awesome. like that and, yeah. Yeah, and you know those that's, that's just the kind of fun wholesome activity that you can't get stateside with yeah, in a civilian yeah. world you know yeah. you're, you really and gotta then, you know, sign on the dotted line for that fun i was uh we were some of the last actually go through uh the jungle training down in panama um cool. school of the americas and uh that was a lot of fun we we uh jumped in on that and we we had to wear our old jungle fatigues we were told where are your worst jungle fatigues you know we're jumping in and then we're trekking this way we got to cut you know and uh the reason is is that we were going through elephant grass and by the time we got through all of this and everything our our uniform was just cut to pieces really and, oh wow yeah and um and then we got to jump out of a chinook on that one Cool. With no no shoots, so those oh, were really? water jumps. Yeah, and if you're the last guy out, the interesting you push your boat out, and then the guys start jumping off, jumping off, jumping off. You know, there's a whole line of you running out this chinook, and what happens is as the weight lessens, the chinook goes higher. <laughs> and so if you're like one of those last dudes, man, yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> hard drop. And like 40, 50, 60 feet. Okay, all, I was everybody ask, else yeah. was jumping 10 feet or, or so, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're just that's, running out that Chinook too. So that's so funny. And the, the, you know, that's impressive that um, a bird that size can get that low, mm -hmm. that it can get 10 feet. Yeah. A Chinook can get 10 feet off, off the, the water, yeah, yeah, off the hard deck. That's and then, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it does get lighter and he probably does. Pilot may or may that's not right. compensate for well, that. Thing, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, is we're running off. It's not, yeah. it's not like you're, oh, da, da, jump or anything like that we're yeah. just poof, bulleting out that that craft and awesome. you know and so yeah the pilot really can't do much you know so it just gets higher and higher and higher and you know if you're the last guys you know i was i was the captain's rto at that time so i was one of the first guys off so it was pretty cool oh nice but, yeah um, what was your um what was your mos what was your designation infantry infantry, infantry. yeah Air, airborne and, infantry yeah ah, gotcha. that's, what, that's what a lot of us are you know, yeah. they started in infantry or medics. A lot of started in medics. Right. Um, yeah. Some people start off in in languages, but um, the majority of us are met our infantry. <laughs> you know, and then we usually and, pick up a second. Um, I picked up a stinger gunner as my second, and um, cool. that was that was an interesting. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that opened up a lot of doors and opportunities and and things like that and stuff. So. And you lived uh, as an expat too and then I, yeah lived as an expat lived down in in central america costa rica and panama and um it, it was a lot of, i did that during the obama years and primary reason is just to get away from the obama health care act and the high taxes and all that of the junk that i was going to get charged jealous and then you know it was it was an adventure 
but it was a lot of fun and and things but if you're thinking about running and and expatting it's just better to stay here you know it's really much it's so much more still going for you as much as everything is messed up and everything it's not as messed up as down there because you will always be the outsider and if you can't yeah. speak Spanish, you're going to be taken advantage. I mean, my Spanish is pretty decent. And and so, um, although I forgot a lot of it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, it's a, I, I uh, speak Japanese. That's what I learned uh, when we when I first went in was Japanese, uh, German, and Spanish. Okay. So, wow, man. Um, Man, you know, I've been, I was thinking every now and then I get a wild hair and I think like, maybe I should relocate to the Philippines. Yeah. You know, would you advise against that, Ray? I, you have more here and, yeah. and everybody thinks that the grass is greener there. I mean, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. if I had to move somewhere, I'd go back to Costa Rica. I hated Panama, but yeah. um, Costa Rica was beautiful and everything, but it's a two tier system and uh, they really hammered the expats down there. And, mm-hmm. and you're not just talking Americans, you're talking Canadians, Brits, Australians. There's a lot of people who are expat to Costa Rica. And mm-hmm. the country basically takes advantage of expats and all the money that they bring in. And, and I mean, so there's there's a two-tier system and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two different menus, two different electric bills. You know, it's, uh, okay. it's, it's very socialist. So, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, what if I get down there and marry a Costa Rican girl and have all the stuff in her name, can you hide? Can, you can, <laughs> you can do that, but they're, they're savvy to that. And, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of hoops to jump through. Costa Rica is a very hard country. Only way that you can really get there is have boatloads of money or truly be a retiree right. and, uh, and having your social security basically sent to Costa Rica. Yeah, so, interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, just to just to gain, you know, um, um, residency, it caught you got to deposit uh, something like seventy five thousand, eighty thousand dollars into the bank, and really? um, and yeah, it's wow. it's it's just to just even start the visa process. Yeah, so that's wow. why we went. That's why I went to Panama, is because I was able to get my visa there and and everything like that. Oh, so, yeah. so they don't have just an open border that you can just no, walk they over. don't. <laughs> no, you can't just swim, aqua- uh, swim no. across the river. The and politicians won't bus you in. They, wow. No, they don't. There is no welfare. There is no nothing. <laughs> they find out, and they, I mean, they have checkpoints Based. everywhere. Where's your passport? And uh-huh. you know, if you don't, if you're not carrying your passport or some copy of it or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, and and it's out of date. Yeah, they will hook you up right then and there, and in 48 <laughs> hours you are on the plane. Wow, wow. man! Wow. Yeah, and so I, when I see all this illegal bullcrap and these aliens and everything, it's like, you know how hard it is to get into your freaking countries, right? You know, it's an act of God in some cases, mm-hmm. but yeah. and then you're coming over here and everything. You know, yeah. do what I had to do when I lived in your country. Yeah, you know. So, uh-huh. yep. whoops. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when uh, <laughs> your chair dropped down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Right. That's what happens but, when, uh, you know, the, our political system weaponizes people as a voting base, you know, because they know. I mean, they are truly playing to the name of their political party by just circumnavigating 
all of the rules and all of the representative aspect of our constitutional republic and just going straight for a numbers game. They're just infusing raw numbers. Yeah. And that's that's partly why they keep that border insolvent, not only because it justifies, you know, a, a more militarized police state. You know, because if you let that happen, then you create a Hegelian dialectic where you can then, oh, well, we have all these fast and furious issues, you know, with guns and we have all this trafficking. So, of course, we need more money for our cops and our DEA and our. Did you hear you know? Pierre, whatever her name is, the press secretary actually no. say John Pierre that the former administration caused the problem at the border and that the situation is better now because of the that's current adorable. administration. That's adorable. Flat out says it. And before anyone can respond, she's like, okay, that's it. We're going to move on to one last question. <laughs> like she wouldn't let anyone talk or challenge her. Uh -huh. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's you know. they, they, they keep telling the lie, knowing that if they tell it enough, that you'll believe it. It's absolutely and, true. And, you know, yeah. That's all they I have do. a question the about your the lies. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So when you your time as uh, living as an expat uh, down in Central America, did that inform your uh, preparedness? Uh, preparedness? Oh, uh, I was. Uh, I mean, I actually sold a lot of my preps just to move down there, and yeah. and everything. But um, but when we when I was in Panama, I actually uh, bought into a sixty five acre ranch. I, this was a drug lord place. And it, it was off the grid completely. We produce. It was it was one of the most uh, highest producing solar solar panel farms or solar productions in Panama that was privately owned. Um, I, I got this from some guy. I mean, we had a walled. I mean, completely walled compound, and sitting on top of a hill. Yep. I mean, if if you saw this, and you could, if you saw our place from from the little freeway off the road, you know that was about a mile away. You look down there. He's a drug lord. I mean, it's <laughs> big steel, steel, solid steel, you know, plated gate that, you know, you drive in, barbed wire. Some places the walls were 25 feet tall, depending on how, you know, the hill was. And, and, and yeah, it was, you know, but uh, what was your question again? <laughs> like, you like did when you were down there, uh, did, did your life did you learn anything uh different about preparedness or did, did that inform to your current message at all yeah um probably the biggest thing that really uh is down there not allowed to own guns so i really uh had to pull out my my uh katanas and um i practice aiedo or i used to practice aiedo i don't bright much anymore i nice. need to again but I used to do Iedo. I used to do what's called backyard, you know, backyard cutting. And that's where you go out and you take bottles and cut bottles in certain patch patterns and all that other stuff. So, um, yeah. but I, I started working with my sword down there more. It took, uh, jumped back into Iedo and uh, found an Iedo teacher down there where I was, I was living and took Iedo for a while and, got brushed back up on that um i do uh, filipino stick fighting i do uh, uh wing sung um that's the thing that bruce lee started with um mm -hmm. and then uh, behind me is my wooden dummy you can't see it because i got this covered up here it's a mess okay. back there <laughs> but my wooden <laughs> dummy is back there yeah and um and like so, a wing chung dummy a wing chung yeah yeah wing chung. Wing chung. yeah 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 wing that's chung. awesome 
So really Wing Chun is great for old people too. There's no jumping or anything. It's all physics. It's all, you know, I mm -hmm. love Wing Chun, you know. Very cool. Very cool. But um, yeah, that, that got me more into learning non-gun. And in fact, I'm getting to, I'm getting ready to re-release the book. It's called Weaponize. And it says, when a gun is not the answer. And the whole book is based on all these alternative weapons and getting proficient with them. And, you know, even, even, you know, using this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, but that's the biggest thing that Costa Rica and Panama taught me. Okay. That's cool. Okay. What did your, um, so you were in the infantry. Uh, did you ever transition to anything uh, like, ranger battalion or any of the sf units or anything like that did no you um I, I stayed in airborne and at that time we worked very closely with sf it was yeah. rangers us and sf and and we were doing stuff all the time together and and so um but no, I didn't do anything. I didn't transition over to, although I was wanting to go to ranger school. That was one of the things I was trying to sign up for and trying to get a slot for and everything when I was at in recruiting and everything, but uh, never got the slot. And, and then though, uh, what they did do is they asked for volunteers to go over to be a fast reactionary force for Patriot missile. Oh, and really? so uh, a group of us, went over to uh, Germany and this one Patriot missile is brand new and mm -hmm. Patriot missile has a lot of different capabilities and, and they didn't want the Germans to be guarding it. They didn't want the freaking MPs to be guarding it or anything. So they created a fast reactionary force over there. And, uh, and that's what we, that's what we did. We were a fast yeah. reactionary force, lots of anti-terror uh, training um uh, we would go to, to to terror briefings every 90 days um <clears throat> do all kinds of extracurricular stuff um i got to fly uh cobras you know mm. you, i mean there's cool. all these things that yeah. we got to do yeah. and and everything because you know because at that time bader meinhof red brigade number of the other uh terror groups were very active um, in mm -hmm. fact, they, they blew up a, a bar where a lot of the GIs were hanging out. I was, I was stationed in Hanau and right, right outside of Frankfurt. And so they were constantly blowing up GI hangouts and, you know, wow. putting bombs underneath cars and, and everything. I mean, to this day, I still check my car, you know, yeah. you'll do a quick wow. walk and, yep. and everything. Um, yeah. but so, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask. Being part of a QRF, did you uh, did you get attached to like Cab Scouts? Did you have those guys rolling with no, you? No, we were actually what? attached to the Patriot unit. Oh, so interesting. we we okay. were actually attached to the Patriot unit. Um, cool. So, which I mean, it was a lot of. At times, it sucked, but at times, it was a lot of fun because Patriot had all this money to do cool stuff with. And all they wanted to do is play stinking pong and everything on their radar systems and go set up <laughs> missiles. And anyway, so, I mean, I've been to Crete like three times. Oh, I've yeah. been to Austria several times. I've, mm -hmm. I've, like I said, flown, flown helicopters. I've, um, you know, awesome. M60 machine gun teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, all this cool stuff mm -hmm. that none of the Patriot, because these guys were freaking rimps. <laughs> Rear echelon MFs. Uh-huh. Um, yep. 
And so they didn't want to do all this cool stuff. And so uh-huh. they kept throwing it to us. Hey, man, we got these slots for this. You want? Yeah. You know, yeah. so we, all of us would, yeah. So we, we walked out with a whole bunch of training and, and a lot of fun. And, and so stuff. how did um how did that military experience uh, help you if there were maybe just like one or two salient things? How did the military sort of help you codify your prepper lifestyle? What did it teach um, you? Probably the biggest thing is situation awareness. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. situation awareness was good, but my situation awareness uh, just became super honed. And uh, I mean, we asked my wife, we go out to restaurants and everything. You know, I don't, I, my back's to the wall. I'm always looking at the door. I've always picked out the multiple exits. You know, I, I've already trained our, our daughter and her, you know, if I ever say get behind me, just do it. Don't ask questions. And, you know, so all kinds of stuff. So my situation awareness is is rather, rather high. And um, I just I, I pick people out. I mean, you can always tell the wolves for some reason. I pick them yeah. out all the time. They're just mm-hmm. shady. And I let them know I'm, I'm you know, my eye is on them. Mm-hmm. And, and stuff and so you know when you when you wear kilts you kind of stand out anyways but um, <laughs> yeah one of my one of this one of my my more favorites i'm oh, getting cool. the longer blade one and and so this kind of just sticks out you know so people see this you know and then i carry another knife and then i also have my neck knife and mm-hmm. cool i'm designing a a holster to go underneath my kilt so that it's a kind of like a hip carry Mm-hmm. all i need to do is just reach there pull it out and it's amazing how many weapons i can carry on me with, oh, with yeah. my kilt and stuff and, and things so cool. but, that's a funny yeah like no one ever even just standard concealed carrying most people don't notice that you're carrying something mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know even even if you have a tight fitting hoodie on or you just have a shirt bloused over it most people don't notice but if you're wearing a kilt, people especially aren't going to notice any irre- irregularities in the silhouette mm-hmm. because, A, it's got a plaid print on it. So that's mm-hmm. going to help break up the pattern a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like camouflage. And two, most people just don't, you know, know what to look for on mm-hmm. a kilt. I got a question yeah. for you regarding situational awareness. What would you say to, let's say, a mom out with her and she has her kids with her and she's out and about doing her daily routine? What are maybe top? you know, one or two things or two or three things uh, that she could keep in mind to have really good situational awareness. Look everybody in the eye. I mean, you would be amazed how many people you look them in the eye and you can instantly tell people, you know, they're, they won't look at you back and everything. And then Mm -hmm. the predator will look at you for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. they go, I'm not going to mess with that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, and like I said, they, they see this kind of sticking out from underneath my belt because I, I just wear it right here. And, you know, they see that sticking out. And, and so they just know predators want easy targets. They want soft yep. targets and stuff. Yep. But yep. look people in the eye. And in today's society, for some reason, that is that it's kind of sh- frowned upon or, it is. you know, you, you just don't do it. But yeah. um, it's like today. Because uh, you're and, expected to look at this. Yeah, expected to look at this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm kind of an attention whore because I wear my <laughs> kilt and everything. Like that. <laughs> That's all right. So a lot of people look at me anyway. So it's 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 funny when I put my kilt on, 
I'm, I'm, I, I kind of get this alter ego outgoing personality and everything. And, uh, and like we were, we're heading to the grocery store today and some lady's just looking at me and everything. She's sitting in a nice car, just sitting there parked, just staring at me. And, and I go, Hey, how are you doing? I love your car. She was driving like an, a little a MR5 or something like that. Yeah. And, and she goes, yeah, she goes, I love your kilt and everything. So I've just That's learned cool. to be very outward and very, you know, approach them before they, you know, approach me. And, and you just become a hard target. Predators mm-hmm. don't want that. They don't, you know. Yeah. So. Would that change in a uh, SHTF situation? <sighs> no, not really. Because um, the cowards, again, predators are cowards. And so the cowards are always going to. Now, I'm not talking hardened gangs, but your average everyday, you know, criminal, you know, wanting to rob a house just to get some food is is doing it because, you know, his family's hungry, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, they don't want to die for a stinking can of tuna. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but it's it's the it's the hardened gangs and my best advice for that is is just try to get out of those areas i mean everybody yeah. has gangs and everything but i think honestly like why i know where i live if you know shtf happened um there's a lot of citizens here that would become the the police and militia and you know we wouldn't put up with crap good you know? good support network yeah, where I live, you know, we don't put up with crap anyways. I mean, our cops here are very hard. And yeah. we live we live out outside of Roanoke. And so Roanoke does have a little bit of a crime problem. Sometimes that crime problem comes in. Mm-hmm. And our, our police chief says, don't bring that crap here. I will just spank your butt and throw you in jail. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just very, they're, they're very bold. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, that's the thing that, you know, Nick made a good point that like everybody is looking at these things these days. And this has taken probably what was a statistical average of introverts and multiplied that by an order of magnitude Mm. to where now not only are there more natural introverts out there, but there are more manufactured introverts who are socially awkward and and very reclusive because this is a lot easier to do than looking somebody in the eye and it atrophies people's situational awareness. Like, I don't know how many women walk around guys do it too, but I've seen a lot of girls do this with the, with the earbuds, the ear pods, you know, in their ears, just like talking on the phone or listening to music, moving through transitional spaces, Mm -hmm. you know, just like take those things out of your ears. Like, you know, you like, pay attention to it, but they don't, you know, and, and yeah, it becomes, it becomes a real, um, a real skill that you kind of have to focus on developing where you actually, when you walk into an area, you look around, buddy catches your eye, you look him in the eye for at least a couple seconds Mm -hmm. to let them know that like, Hey, I see you, you know? And, and it's something you have to kind of force yourself to do, you you know? It's not a natural yeah. thing. I got another question. Actually, uh, Mike's uh, Mike made a great comment. He says alarms, dogs, and no trespassing signs as a deterrent uh, that basically makes your keeps your home from being an, an easy target, and someone will move on. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some other uh, some other basic things people maybe nobody's ever tried to harden their home, mm. you know, uh, and they see a poop hitting the van situation coming towards them. 
What are some other things they can home? If, if, if it's a total SHGF situation, they're already too late. Um, but best thing to do is put up the no trespassing, no trespassing signs, have dog. I mean, we got three dogs and, um, you know, do some of those things. If you can find some concertina wire or some sort of stuff like that. Um, other things you can do is, is possibly if like, we have a very long driveway, we live in the woods and, and cool. things. So booby traps, early warning devices, um, mm -hmm. There's these little window alarms and, um, doggone it. can I disappear for like three seconds? Yeah, go yeah, for it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Go for it. I, I, and I think I know what he's talking about. Uh, really? Just, you just, it's like a little two piece thing. Shoots a laser out. Over well, yeah. Window. I mean, you put one on the sliding window part, one on the seal. And when they oh, separate, it it's just like, makes this loud. These things are great. Like the worst Halloween noise making device you've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they and and you what you can do is, I mean they're like five bucks, and what's great is you can screw a screw right there, and so that you now have a pivot point. Otherwise, this goes on one side of the door, and this goes on the other side of the door. And when the magnets break, that's when they make the sound. But the magnets are up here, so if you put a screw right here, it'll pivot down. And then, then what you can do is create trip wires and stuff. So that all it does is just pull this part down and your alarms go off. Oh, so, I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of these on hand just for, you know, you know, for giggles. So that's awesome. That's, that's, but that's really, uh, you get those like Home Depot, right? I mean, you yeah, these are cheap. Like I said, they're yeah. five bucks. Yeah. Um, awesome. But doing There's... things like that, hardening your thing. Uh, another thing that, and I wrote about this multiple times, I haven't, because this is a brand new house, we're still getting this up to par, but motion sensor lights are, yes. are a great deterrent. Um, and then also something that um, is good is to look at doing what's called window film, and they make mm -hmm. uh, an 8 mil, 7 mil, uh, basically bulletproof, I mean, it'll basically stop a 22 or a bird shot out of a shotgun, mm -hmm. Um and, but the biggest thing is if anybody's trying to break through your window, it's going to take them, you know, five or six, seven hits just mm -hmm. to try to break through this thick, you know, see-through, you know, clear plastic mill. And uh, and by that time, at least you're awake, you've got your gun, then you can protect your home. The whole yeah. thing with hardening your security is it's giving you time to weapon up and and do what you need to do. Yep. And because um, anybody who really wants to break into your house is going to break into it. The yeah. thing is, is you just want to make it harder and harder and harder. So having these things in in areas where you maybe got trip wires or um, uh, driveway alarms. There's this company, uh, Amaco or Mako, or great driveway alarms. And mm -hmm. those are great sensors that you can just place all over the place. It's kind of a pricey system. Um, I want to say four of them or something like 150 bucks and um, or, or something, but uh, they're, they've got some great ratings, but I'm getting those. And so it's, I've done my research. And so these are, these are driveway alarms that I'm, but the great thing is you can put them all over the place and yeah. you know, you have early warning and then you can, you can chain them together. You can uh, have multiple sensors. And I mean, it's a, it's a great system. I love it. I really appreciate it. I mean, these are all like really excellent, like practical things for someone who lives like in the suburbs, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always and which I really, really appreciate because I live in the suburbs. Me too. I don't live in a rural rural area. Yeah. I can't say that very well. Rural. Rural. Yeah. One of the words I can't say. Yeah. But uh, I don't have chickens. I don't have goats. I don't have five acres. And yeah. I don't live in the city. I don't live in an urban environment. And most of our audience I'm in is between. like this. Yeah. And, you know, when I go and I look at anything online about prepping – you can't find anything for someone who lives in the suburbs. There's like no information. Yeah, and either, I'm like, am I supposed to move? It's either urban gardening or it's five acres and a mule out in the middle of. That's yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's very little for like the suburban prepper prepper and their harp. And that's, and that's kind of, people. yeah, yeah. it's kind of my target audience. Soccer awesome. moms and dads, you know, because yeah. they're waking up right now to the fact that crap is hitting the fan mm-hmm. things are getting worse what do i need to do to protect my you know wife and kids yeah and you know so that's yeah that's basically the, the suburban night and and things i mean if well, you're if you're living in the inner city and everything buy all the food you can and everything yeah. and then bar yourself in you know yep yeah barricade uh, yourself in. barricade yourself in and that's basically all that you can do but, you know, uh, that's the thing that the past couple years have really woken a lot of people up to is once we, you know, once we were seeing the cities burn, watch, once we were seeing all the riots, once we saw, you know, the the husband and wife in St. Louis, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it really kind of hammered home this idea that no matter which group is, and I can list three off the top of my head that it would be, um, you know, just because you're in a nice, safe, stable, quiet suburban environment doesn't mean you are safe when things go bad. Right. And it doesn't mean that the sheriff's deputies or the cops are going to be able to get there in time, you know. And, and it used to be <clears throat> that, you know, people who tried to rob your house during the day just wanted your stuff. They weren't looking for violence because they thought you'd be at work. And then people who came at night probably were prepared to do violence because the you are more than likely at home in bed you know Uh, but nowadays with so many people working from home that metric has kind of gone out the window you know after lockdown and everybody relocates and starts working from home now if somebody tries to rob you during the day there's no there's no longer that metric of oh if i just rack the pump on the shotgun it'll probably scare them off it's like no they probably know you're home and they probably don't care yeah and so like the threat of violence has gone up exponentially over people's awareness of that threat has gone up too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Ray, what about, uh, what about reinforcing your doors with, uh, longer screws? Longer screws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do. Longer screws, um, get buddy bars, uh, buddy bars are what go up underneath the, the mm-hmm. door handle. You see in yep. the kick bars, buddy bars. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I call them buddy bars. But oh, you you, you stick them underneath and you kick them and it it, it creates a jam. Uh, yeah. I have um, <laughs> this. Is my my wife bought me this great little door jam that uh, for me. So when I go traveling and speaking at conferences and stuff, I can kick it underneath my my hotel. But you put it under your hotel door, screw it up, and it just locks in place. So there's no way to to get in. Um, dead bolts are really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and again, what you want to do is do the long screws with the deadbolts. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan, and, and this may be hard, you know, if you've got kids, but the thing is, you got to train your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love having pepper spray all over, I, oh, yeah. I or pepper gel, actually, mm-hmm. is what I, I recommend. Because mm-hmm. with pepper spray, you have a chance of it blowing back at you, where pepper yep. gel sticks. 
Yeah. And, and, and then just having multiple weapons. I mean, my God, I got freaking swords everywhere. <laughs> I love that, man. And you know, the nice thing about swords, they won't blow out your hearing no. when you use them. No. Yeah. But I mean, they might take his ear off. <laughs> I, I, I love my swords. I, I've got these hidden all That's over the house. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, here's here's another one of my favorites. This is the Cold Steel Gladius. Oh, Gladius. This is See, that's a the Gladius. great yep. home defense sword. Yep. I mean, all these that I've been showing you are great home defense swords. Well, but... and you know, it's so funny, too, because the Gladius is one of those swords. And, you know, you probably familiar with this. Mm -hmm. it, that was developed sort of as an evolution from the, the Spartan Phalanx, you know, with the Xiphus short sword, which was a glorified dagger. And then the Romans kind of perfected with a gladius. But it still was the same concept of walking up with your shield wall and just sort of threshing at the enemy. So it comes in handy to have either a Xiphus style or a gladius style short mm -hmm. sword mm -hmm. in the home because you have hallways, you have confined spaces, yeah. which Weirdly enough, kind of replicates what it would like being in a cohort or a phalanx. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and dude, is, the gold seal's not expensive. It, yeah, you got ceilings, you got hallways and everything. Mm -hmm. This this you can sharpen up really nicely. It's got a very, very sharp point. And, and I want to say this is only about 40 bucks on eBay. And really? you know, yeah. It's got a like the, this reinforced pommel, so you can just smack uh -huh. the crap out of somebody. Nice. Um, and and if you can play tennis, you can swing a sword. And there's just article <laughs> after article um, of guys protecting their homes. You know, look up a uh, man defends his home with katana. And he is okay. one down in Central America or, or Mexico or something. And these four burglars raided his home and everything. And he just chopped these guys to pieces. And the cops caught him because they were bleeding out and ran into a telephone pole about a quarter of a mile from his house. So they got chopped they up and then pictures. jumped in their car and drove off. Yeah, they jumped in the car and drove because they were just cut to shreds. They're, you know, <laughs> but awesome. they got pictures and they're pretty gruesome. But it'll Good. let you see what a katana will do. These, was he using it correctly? Was he using it like with the? I have no idea. Yeah. I think that he, he was just hacking and slashing just away. Yeah, 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 whack away. I mean, this this is a stinking three foot razor mm -hmm. blade. You know, yeah. so you know. And by the and, way, katanas really do work. Like, it, you know, it, they can yeah. be high maintenance. They can be a little finicky with how you're supposed to use them. But I'll tell you, like, uh, about 20, uh, 18 years ago, I was hanging out with a friend and we had had a couple beers mm -hmm. and he had one of those bamboo katanas on the wall, you oh, know, yeah. where there's no suba. It's just like three sections of bamboo and the blade is hidden in between. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up thinking that the blade was on the left hand side, but it was on the right hand oh, no. side and it fell out. And again, you know, do not mix booze and swords kids yeah. just gonna tell you right now because i got two scars right here <laughs> that are perfect proof of that and i went to catch it instinctively oh. and because there was no suba it no handguard it just slipped just right through slice. and did exactly what a katana is supposed to do from the base of the blade to the tip you're you know yeah. i mean you know from your Yido three training, foot freaking razor blade it's uh, a I razor mean, blade and it opened yeah. me right up baby yeah. i was a yeah. bloody mess yeah, yeah. I was but it's a great weapon. Nerves. It's a great home. And in fact, what I, I do tell people is, is you know, if you're looking at a wakasashi, I yeah. have high ceilings. So, mm -hmm. and I've got big, kind of big, big halls. So I've got kind of room. But this, 
this is the called the Black Ronin. And you nice. buy this, I want to say it was like 20 or 30 bucks. Really? And oh, it's right. on it's on Amazon. Okay. And oh, okay. uh, great blade, but I mean you can do two hands. Uh I mean great spine. Look at that spine. It's not some yeah. cheap, cheap spine. I mean you can't it's not bending. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is a great wakazashi i kind of flicked myself there but <laughs> see but yeah, this is a great wakazashi sort of style yeah and uh and then if people really don't have the money to to do a machete i mean yes. my god down in central america everybody carries freaking machetes and that is the home defense weapon of choice down there mm -hmm. uh, and you can do a lot of damage with a machete mm -hmm. so, yeah but, uh yeah, yeah I, I love my swords because again sometimes guns are not the answer yeah and, and so you need to kind of think things through and then with today's laws you shoot some guy for god's sake and they take you to court or their family takes you to court mm -hmm. whereas using a sword is seen more as self-defense versus using a gun yeah and uh in fact i was just reading an article that i in one of my my short sword video a college student defended his home with a sword and was basically picked up taken downtown okay blah 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 released and then all charges dismissed but he killed the guy nice and, wow and 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 things because the sword is seen as a self-defense mm -hmm. weapon where a gun you run the chances of shooting the guy in the back or right. or or so forth or and a straight bullet goes yeah. out yep yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then when uh, you're in a and when you're in the suburbs, that's you know that's a serious concern depending on the caliber and your walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your your neighbor yeah. is a big big concern. Mm -hmm. That is really, I mean, so kind of like Game of Thrones preparedness, <laughs> you know? gladiator preparedness. Uh, you know, but don't let Commodus about, kill your wife and kid. Right. You're talking about a scenario <laughs> where you're being they're coming into yeah onto your property into your home. Yeah. And you're defending yourself yeah. and doing it in a way that's not going to put your name defense. Here's something. I mean, I'll do a package reveal here. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> but I just got this yesterday, and I'm so excited about this. What is it? But this is um what it is is a chest rig. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting one of these forever, and so finally, yeah, you know, yeah, I, nice. I broke down and got one. But you know, it holds the clock. Uh huh. And easy to put on once you get the the, the straps adjusted and everything. But uh, I was telling my wife one of the reasons I wanted this is when crap hits the fan, I'm going to be carrying all the time. Mm -hmm. And since I'm sitting in my chair, a, a side holster and, and everything is just not practical a lot of times. So, mm -hmm. but this is, you know, a chest rig. Yeah, and neither it's shoulder holster uh, too. Yeah. What? Gunfighters Inc. Oh, yeah. So, uh -huh. great, great company. Great, yeah. uh, great product. It ran 150 bucks, but, you know, hey, you pay for, for great quality. Um, yeah. But fully adjustable it moves it can't it, it does all mm -hmm. kinds of, so you can totally adjust it to where you are and where you're going to carry and even put it down here raise it up there and uh i Is just like a, i like chest carries anyways or chest well, rigs chest rigs are great because they cut down on your silhouette so mm -hmm. you like you know and you don't have to worry about 
you know, something happening. Like I was always self-conscious. I had uh, some nice shoulder rigs. I had a Galco Miami classic and uh, I had also a Bianchi. And the Bianchi was nice because it pointed the gun down. But you had to be real careful about what kind you were carrying and whatever. I didn't like the the Miami Classic a whole lot because it had the muzzle pointed behind you. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it's it's fine, but you just get paranoid about it. But a chest rig keeps the muzzle pointed in a safe direction. It cuts down on your silhouette so you're not, you know, bulky mm -hmm. or weirdly out of place. And you're not bumping into things like if you had it strong side on your hip. And you can sit down with it, which is tough if you're appendix carrying. You know, like I used to appendix carry all the time and I was like 30 pounds lighter. And those days are long gone. Yeah. That thing digs in when when you're at a movie. And even if you try to carry like small at the back, mm -hmm. you know, or like at the four o'clock position, um, that holster, depending on what kind you have, can walk its way out. So like mm -hmm. especially in an area where you're not worried about concealing, a chest rig can be exactly what you need. And I bet you that either has a function as a multi fit holster or you can buy different shells depending on whatever brand of gun whether it's an m p yeah. or z or... yeah it comes yeah this is this is a glock 19 so yeah, yeah. So, but and, but the way i mean we were trained so i, I was trained to you know uh, am i wearing this back is this no it's not that's right yeah so but you're 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 i can't do it but you're trained to to walk uh -huh. around that's how i i tend to walk around when yeah, I'm, when I'm you know, so I'm, I'm ready for it, you know, easy access, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And since it's right here, it's easy to, to, to get in, get out mm -hmm. and, and everything. So, but I, I'm liking this chest rig and Very I'm cool. to, to put it together and really put it to use and start training <laughs> and, you know, so we're honored to debut out the gossip. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Mike had some good comments too about um, you know, uh Michael Fisher says that baseball bats and almost all of your kitchen utensils and flatware work as well if you can't afford mm -hmm. to go buy something right away. Yep. Um yep. yeah, you the know long mag flashlight and the fly yeah, the, the mag. mag light. Yep. Yeah, dude, there are a lot of cops up until body cams who wore out a lot of drunks <laughs> who were not complying with those mag lights, man. Those, those three D cell bag lights. Yeah. Ooh, and yeah. you know what? Those work a lot better than an asp. Like I knew so many cops who you have to use the asp just right. You have to like hit the tip because if you, if you hit it on the telescoping shaft, I knew tons of cops who would just like bend the crap out of their asp wailing on somebody with that thing. You know, the asp is the telescoping uh, baton. Baton. Yeah. yeah and uh and they i mean maybe they weren't using it right i don't know whatever i wasn't there but but they said they would just break those things and bend those things all the time but a d-cell mag light yeah yeah <laughs> you can accomplish That's a weight. lot <laughs> yeah with one with one of those that's the rod of god you know the rod of god <laughs> so. hey ray i've got a question for you uh what is the worst prepping advice oh, that yeah. you've ever heard someone give Worst prepping advice, or at least some really bad advice that you hear all the time. Yeah, that's really bad like advice. That thorn in like, your side. Your eyes roll. Okay, this, like this one is going to probably you know, upset a lot of people and everything because they're probably spent a bazillion dollars on it already. Go out and buy MREs. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. MREs are the I the the I, I give a talk when I in fact I'm speaking in Ver in in Knoxville. 
so anybody who's uh, at, at the end of the month of October, uh, 2930, I forget the name of the show, uh, uh, <laughs> Survival Self-Reliance Expo. Okay. And I'm going to be speaking at that Self-Reliance Expo. It's going to be taking place in Knoxville, Tennessee on 29th and 30th. That's but uh, I, give a, I give a talk called Food, Water, Medicine. And one of the things I do is I talk about how the MRE is probably one of the worst things that you can get. I mean, you're going to spend a boatload of money. And unless you keep them at something like 40 degrees all the time, they're, they're going to rot. I mean, they're just, they're going to lose their nutritional value. And so a lot of the MREs that people are buying right now, oh, I got all these army MREs. Well, they're past due. They've probably been sitting out in the heat all the time. All their nutritional value is gone. And so if you want to survive off of these things, it's basically going to starve to death. It's rabbit starvation because you're filling your tummy, but the nutritional value has just been out the window. Yeah. And, and then also, you know, if it ever does get any, any heat and I show like applesauce here, it is at 40 degrees here. It is at 90 degrees. And it's like this dark Brown tar, um, you know, it's the cheese spread, you know, here it is at 40 degrees here. It is at 90 degrees. And it's just like this Brown. Bleh. So a lot of people thinking like, Oh, wow. MRE is the greatest thing in the world and everything. And then the second advice, and I hear this a lot too, is go out and get Mountain House. Mountain House is camping food. Oh, yeah. The pouches and the pouches yeah, and okay. all this and everything. Camping food is completely different than survival food. This is survival food right here. Yeah. Add water, eat. Um, where Mountain House and camping food and everything, yeah, it's all freeze-dried stuff and everything, but it's process intensive. Okay, open packet A, pour into water, let cook for 10 minutes. Then yep. open packet B, put that in, you know, stir, and then, you know, it's too, too labor-intensive. Labor-intensive. Labor yeah. Whereas real survival food is add water, eat. and That's good you know, advice. Great and advice. so stay yeah. away from camping food, Mountain House. And then also stay away from freaking MREs. They're, yeah. you know, they're, that's because that's that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see so many people doing is buying MREs oh, yeah. and buying Mountain House. Yeah. At that second gun shop I worked at, we had cases of MREs that would be given to us or, you know, sold to us at dirt cheap prices and people would come in and buy it. And I always wondered about that. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. if it, how, where's it been, how long has it been sitting there? What's its temperature regulation? And at the end of the day, if you pop one of these pouches and eat it, I mean, first of all, like, isn't that what my <clears throat> Patriot supply is? My Patriot supply, I think it's supposed to be higher tier than that. I mean, it, it's, I, I don't, know. I don't know. Ray, you're you're the expert here. Uh, my Patriots. I, I, honestly, <clears throat> I honestly can't talk about I've never tried them, Okay, but I have not heard good things about them. <clears throat> and really? then anything you get in these white buckets. Here's a, here's a tip number three. Anything yeah. you get in these white buckets that says, oh, here's a 30 day supply of food for, you know, a family of four um, in one five gallon bucket. I mean, the 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 calories that you're getting are bare basic minimums you know you maybe only be getting about 900 to maybe 1200 calories a, 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 for the whole day wow. and if it's in a real survival situation you're going to burn through that like crazy and then you're just yeah. always going to be hungry and then i've also heard that well, my my patriot stuff you know does not taste good um i'm not a fan of wise i'm not a fan of provident pantry and in fact provident pantry 
supplies a lot of these companies these foods and right. Provident Pantry is has been around forever but their food is sawdust and salty and oh, yeah. horrible tasting and everything um but wise buys from them i wouldn't doubt it that that this patriot supply probably buys from them and they're, they're they're a gigantic uh resupplier of a lot of these survival foods and the biggest thing is if it's coming in a white bucket or one of these five gallon handled buckets odds are is you're probably getting you know nasty uh -huh. the only two the only two survival foods that i stand by is augustine farm. The bucket yeah augustine farms and thrive those are the okay. only two and in fact, if you go to my website, RaymondMoore.com, M-H-O-R.com, um, I have actually an Augustine Farms watch list. And Augustine, best place to buy Augustine Farms is on Amazon. They are always having incredible sales on Augustine okay. Farms. And I've set up a page so that the the things just automatically pop into the page and and whatever's on sale i mean they are having like 65 percent off on stuff and and things uh wow. augustine farms also makes some of the best milk and you can buy like a gallon or a number 10 can of milk for like 16 bucks uh potato shreds right now i just saw uh today potato shreds are, are sitting around seven bucks for number 10 <clears> can um wow. i mean it, the the prices are are insane but augustin farms i know mark augustin and and uh augustin farms puts out quality quality food cool. how do i spell it ray a-u-g-a-s-o-n apostrophe s farms augustin farms but uh thrive and augustin farms are the two best foods out there and this is like to a tip number four is don't buy crappy food you know don't go out and buy a bunch of you know a lot of people oh, i got rice and beans and lentils i'm set for the apocalypse no you're not uh and and i mean these and this is this is part of realistic prepping these people go out and buy all this cool guy gear spend a bazillion dollars on all these stupid weapons and everything like that and then they buy the cheapest food that they can find and, mm -hmm. and it's like dude switch it you need to buy the best most expensive best tastiest food and then you know build up to your weapons and, yeah. and stuff people go out and buy some of the cheapest crappiest food out there and then they wonder why it tastes like sawdust or salt or cardboard <laughs> well and that's a yeah that's the thing like if you're eating really crappy tasting food uh if the zombies don't get you you'll eat a pill and you'll want the apocalypse to take <laughs> you down because you know yeah. yeah you're you're just you have nothing to look forward to like you know have well, some food, tobacco on hand. food is a motivator and this is something people don't yes. understand it motivates you if yeah. if you're out there in the field doing hard work and everything like that and you got only thing to come home to is rice beans and lentils yeah. then you're 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 going to get sick and tired i mean eventually what will happen will called uh, food fatigue will set in really and food fatigue is actually deadly food fatigue will kill kids and kill seniors and what it is is you keep eating the same stuff over and over and over again mm, i mean yeah. you see these little kids in africa with the big bellies and they all have food fatigue and they would almost rather die than than eat this same UN sponsored crap that they've been served, you know, yeah. for years. And mm, uh, but it'll kill it'll kill seniors and it'll kill uh, uh, children. But also it causes you know people our age and everything to basically lose our motivation, our our will yeah. to live. And and so 
one of the most important things is you want to have good food. That's something that you can look forward to so that you can have something positive in your life at that time. And while the rest of the world is going to hell in a handbasket, at least you're getting a good meal of raspberries or, (laughs) or whatever, you know, Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show. Maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, Also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, We do this once a month now. Um, All this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness.